Men lie, women lie, but the tape never lies. What does the tape tell me about starting quarterback Cade Klubnik in his final two games of the 2022 college football season? I'll tell you next on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Clemson family? Let's get locked in. Welcome back to the Locked On Clemson Podcast, your daily podcast covering your Clemson Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson. Always, always, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL, my national scout over with the Draft Network, as well as part of the co-host team of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. And guys, thank y'all for making Locked on Clemson your first listen today and every single day of the week. Whenever I drop these episodes Monday through Friday, thank y'all for being the everydayers of the Locked On Clemson Podcast, your team every day. Guys, I appreciate y'all. Happy Monday, man. Let's start the week off right. We're going to get on to in, into on the prowl as usual. Recruiting news. Four-star 2024 interior offensive lineman has set his commitment date and has placed Clemson, those Tigers, your Tigers, inside his final uh, top final schools to make his decision. We're going to check the tape, but we're going to do it double time, twice. We're getting into starting quarterback for the 2023 season, and hopefully <laughs> beyond. Uh, Kate Klubnik and his final two appearances during the 2022 college football season versus UNC and Tennessee. So, guys, but before we do that, let's get into and let's go ahead and give a quick shout out to FanDuel because this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So, guys, listen, I, I told you guys on Friday, family, I told you Friday that I was going to do a double, double dose, double take. On, on on check the tape and i wanted to really get into k clubbing and be able to truly tell you what he brings to the table right we all you know if you know anything about him you know that he was a dual sport athlete track and field 400 you know meter all that type of stuff like you you knew he was athletic coming in you know coming out of texas uh you know i think three consecutive uh, state championships he was a highly talented young man for a reason he was a baller right but of course having to sit you know and earn Earn your stripes, earn your moments, right? Ver, you know, by sitting behind um, former starter DJU. And so I wanted to look at the UNC game to start off, right? That was his first full, like, not, he didn't start that game, but you may as well say he started that game. Like, D, North Carolina didn't know what was going to hit them because they were preparing for what they had experienced, you know, all year. And that was the start, uh, the starting of DJU. And what the offense looked like under him. It was not enough reps or on tape to show you and give you a clear indication to project what Clemson's former OC was going to be able to do with Kate Klubnik in the lineup. Well, you can clearly tell they caught North Carolina off guard because one, th- one of the things I really saw from him, and, and just a, and it's going to be kind of a between the two segments, um, between the two games, Clemson uh, versus UNC and then versus Tennessee in the bowl game, the offensive line play. Versus UNC versus the, the Tar Heels, Clemson's offensive line kept Cade clean. He was comfortable. He was confident in the pocket. I got it. He, he was showcasing accuracy on all three levels of the defense. Right, you saw a young man that um, just knew he he knew how to highlight and attack what he needed to. 
right? And then that was that was um important to me because in that game, he said attacking the the you know the, the deep portions of the field. He only took three attempts, but he was two for three for over um for over ninety yards, almost a hundred yards if I'm not mistaken. A hundred of his yards in that game came on those two big time. Uh, you know, to the left side, you know, he he threw outside the numbers, d- uh, deep downfield over twenty plus yards. Uh, he was one for one. He 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 was <laughs> batting uh, batting a hundred, batting a thousand, right? But sixty eight yards, and that was that big deep ball. Uh, that was about a fifty, f- a little over fifty yarder. That was kind of thrown very well, like some ease to it too, uh, with one nice touch and air underneath it, where it's kind of a rainbow shot to to Cole Turner down the left sideline, and Turner just tracked it. Right, he he threw him, and I love to see that. Right, you want to see a guy throw your receiver when your receiver stacks the DB, throw it over the top, lead him so that he can continue and not only just catch it in stride and catch up to it, but he catches it in stride. If he's already got a guy stacked and separated by two yards, typically if he don't have if he doesn't have to slow down and you don't make him slow down, right? You don't you're not the cause that because there's a cause and effect. If you make him slow down, the DB can get back in phase and either break up the pass. Because it's under throne, or if he slows down and makes the pack, makes the reception, he doesn't have the capability or opportunity to get yards after the catch. Uh, so you know that's one thing I really enjoy because uh, Cole almost you know turned almost scored on that play, right? So you saw that, and again another it was a, a almost thirty yard, uh, thirty yard bomb, you know down down the uh, you know not a bomb, you know what I mean a 30, 30 yard play down the right sideline. So you just saw that ability for for him. Uh, they, they, they throw they threw a good couple screens, some passes. He was like eight for eight passes behind the line of scrimmage. So they they did a lot of that. Um, you know what I mean? And 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 when you look at just being able to tackle, you know, you want to see him get better. He wasn't great um in terms of the intermediate portion, the 10 plus yards in between the 10 and the 20 plus yards down the field. Like, so it, it's a it's it's a big thing that you want to start trying to really hit that intermediate portion of the field. But nonetheless, like he was talented, he showed a, showed a lot of the things that you already knew. The dual threat ability that he had coming into uh, to, to college shine, right? He, he opened up more zone reads and fakes to get the defense something something to think to think about. Where you saw him really pressure defenses with his feet, and it opened up kind of his off the zone read. It's like play action play. It's kind of an RPO run pass ops option where either you throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage to the quick to the quick smoke screen. Right, if that's open, or you you fake you know off the zone read, you're reading that defensive end. If he crashes down now, Cade can take it, attack the, the edge of the uh, you know the outside hip of the uh, starting tackle, whether it's right or left. Attack the outside hip. If it's clear, he can take it and try and you know uh, gain as many yards as possible with his legs. If not, like I said, he can spin it out to uh, the quick smoke screen and uh, to, to the receiver on the outside, close to the boundary or close to the sideline. So you saw that ability from him. And then, like I talked about, making the defense pay. If you want to sing, you know, then that game, UNC tried to single single up the receivers and go one on one, which is exactly what Clemson's last offense really designed and wanted, right? But the difference was Cole Turner who I don't know if he played a lot with DJU, and if he didn't, 
I kind of feel like that that was a mistake because his speed is real. He can get over the top. This is a really athletic young man that I talked about. He's got long speed, but he's got leaping ability as well. Former basketball player, if I'm not, if I remember correctly, so he should have been on the field a little bit, a, not even a little bit, a lot more uh, with DJU and his arm strength to push the ball down the field. But with Caden there, those two guys have have some chemistry. There's some trust there, uh, and I'm gonna get into that a little bit later in the next on the next segment when we talk about the Tennessee game. But again, they kept him clean. Uh, he provided confidence and a, and a boost of energy, uh, and a boost of morale at the same time. I guess to this entire offense and the coaching staff. Where you know it was kind of the, it was the last road. That was the last ride for, um, for 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 DJU and, and just Cade. Cade played well. He played very well in that game. Um, and he just did everything you needed him to do. Right, uh, nineteen of twenty three, over almost eighty three percent completion, two hundred seventy four yards, almost twelve yards per attempt, one touchdown. Um, as well as he ran the ball pretty well in that game also i think he had a rushing touchdown uh so he had four you know four attempts 38 yards he did have the rushing touchdown and made a couple guys miss open field but again you see the athleticism you see the things that that really pulls you into the skill set of 1k clubnik but again the skill set of 1k clubnik coming off one game now he's now you know the just typically a couple of weeks between the championship games, the conference championship games, and then the bowl games. So that gives def- that gives defensive coaches or just coaches in general from both sides of the ball time to devise a plan. How did Tennessee, uh, dev- what type of plan did they devise to to stop to kind of stump the 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 first time starting quarterback, Kade Klubnik? I'm gonna tell you all about that Tennessee game coming up next on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball with FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. You heard me correct, up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, $20, and you will land $200 back in bonus bets, and it doesn't matter if you win or lose. That's the fun part about it. That's $200 that you can spend Spend betting on everything from the money line to the over under and also to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All of this, guys, on an app that is safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. So there's no better place to bet on the action with the with the Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. What do you need to do to sign up? Easy. To sign up today, just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. If your if your bets doesn't win or if you do win, you still get it. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. Let's get back to checking the tape. K Klubnik coming off a an outstanding, almost 300-yard performance in the conference championship game where he was not the starter versus North Carolina. And now he's the starter walking into the bowl game versus the Tennessee Volunteers. And it was a tale of two different QBs in kind of, I don't know, is that double entendre? I'm not too sure. But in in, in multiple ways in terms of uh, his performance compared to the way he performed versus um, UNC versus the Tar Heels. And then the performance of Joe Milton because their Heisman, uh, Heisman ranking quarterback Heisman candidate quarterback, Hendon Hooker was out with the ACL that he tore versus uh, South Carolina. So when I when I watched the tape of this game, it was a vast – everything was a vast difference from the North Carolina game. I talked about it in the first segment that Kate was kept clean. He was confident. 
He was able to cook in the clean in clean pockets. Like they kept them upright. Yeah, not so much versus Tennessee Volunteers. And that kind of and it started early too. Like they blitzed him, delayed blitzes, and it was things that because Kate was a first year starter, you saw a kid that was not used to demand like commanding and, and, and getting everything settled, right? He was kind of playing a little too rushed, and, and that was because of the pressure. Listen to these numbers, guys. Heavily pressured by the volunteers defense of defensive front. Over uh, you know, he was around 27 total pressures. Four sacks, I think he was four, yeah, four QB hits, and his pressure to sack ratio was 16.7, almost 17% per pro football focus. So when I tell you, and like I said early, I think it was it may have been the first first drive, matter of fact. Um, he got they got put in third and 14 because uh they had him in shotgun, they went empty, and you saw when they they Tennessee went look showed man to man. But actually, they dropped off their 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 stand up edges into the passing lanes to take away the quick game, which is which is outstanding because it really slowed down the progression and the 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 uh the or the speed and the, and the quickness of the progressing ability of Cade Clubning. And then he ended up holding the ball and and taking a sack when that when that linebacker came as a free runner on that delayed middle linebacker blitz. So you saw them just do a variety of things to pressure. The young quarterback, right? Now, on, on those big downs like that in that same game, on that same drive, third and 14, you saw the – you just saw the, the 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 toughness, right? The mental toughness of this young man and the courage to throw the ball and just try to give his team a chance. Now, again, some stuff, you know, you, you don't want him doing because, you know, PFF has a stat called BT, BTT, big-time throws, and then they have uh, T – WP turnover worthy plays and and you will see that from he's he'll give his guys an opportunity but he'll test windows that could result in interception so you got to find that fine line walk that fine line and find that balance that, that in that middle ground right but what what other things I saw because like I said the, the courage on those big downs in, on that third and fourteen he lobs it up to Cole Turner for a thirty plus yard pickup and it was just you know thrown. Uh, he, he had pressure bearing down on him. He stood in there, stood tall, stood strong. This isn't a six foot four, two hundred twenty pound quarterback. This kid's listed at six two, like one ninety five, one ninety. So he still got to get into that grown man or, or grown college body. And he stood in there tough, stood in there tough, tall, and he executed through a nice, uh, you know, nice touch pass over the top. Cole Turner made an outstanding leaping grab, you know, over the safety as the safety made a, a great angle, but horrible play on the ball. Right. And, and like I said, the, the kid was hit four times, four, four QB hits, four sacks. So essentially that's eight hits. If you want to, you know, really combine those two, but again, t- pressure all those times and the toughness to just continue to throw and battle 55 pass attempts. Right. Uh, now you did see some moments of, of, of staring down reads because he's now, not just staring down reads, but he's predetermining where he wants to go with the ball. He's trying to iso- find that that isolation route, right? And it was, there was a play where, um, on, on matter of fact, on that play where he got sacked, where, was, where it turned in from to, from like a second and seven to a third and fourteen. He had a guy open. He he kind of looked to the right, saw that the defensive end dropped off into the quick into the quick lane for him, and took that passing lane away from him. But uh, and even though that that. Uh, linebacker was bearing down. If he once he turns his shoulders and sees the the quick slant 
over the middle of the field, it's right there. Boom. Get it out of your hands quick. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and allow your receiver to make a play. But he didn't do that. He took the sack. So you saw some predetermining reads. You saw a guy, a young man that was just staring down those reads, right? After he predetermined, he was staring down and didn't move his feet. Uh, feet were kind of dead in the pocket at times. And he was forcing low percentage throws. And those are the, not the, those are the things you can't do. You just can't have those things. And because of the pressure, he was sped up and he was rushed all game long due to this pressure. Guys, listen to this. Uh, you know, in, in, in the first game against North Carolina, right, his, uh, you know, yards per average yards per attempt was almost 12. Well, that definitely changed versus Tennessee because it dropped to 5.8 yards per attempt uh, on those 55 uh, throwing attempts and 65 dropbacks. This kid dropped back nearly 70 times. That is a, that is incredible. It's not a, a, a it is not a recipe that works a lot when you drop back 65 almost 70 times with your quarterback. It means that you're uh, losing by double digits. The offense, the opposing offense is humming, and you can't run the ball now because you're behind the game plan. You're behind on the scoreboard, and you just don't know if your defense can get you out of that game. Everything, and he he, he has a tendency. Even in the North Carolina game, I saw this too, where he's late on some throws. Uh, because he's still the timing and getting that down packed is still was still a, a work in progress, right? Which to be expected. This is a guy who didn't didn't play a lot of football up until the last two weeks of the, uh, of the season, and so you see that unnecessary burping the baby. We're talking about holding the ball up for those watching on YouTube. You hold it up and you just patting the ball, right? Burping the baby, not just burping the baby, but holding like hold like I said, holding the ball in the pocket, but then like not knowing how to feel, have a true feel for the rush. And that's something that comes with reps because there were times where he has clean pockets and it's just like, okay, just drive the throw. Okay. He just drives the throw and he he's drifting to the left or he's drifting to the right. And then, then he wants to get his feet set and make the throw. And it's like, man, the pocket was fine, dude. All you gotta do is take a like, slight step up. Don't overstride with your lead foot. Right. Cause that causes uh, bad, poor, uh, poor ball placement and, and, and accuracy. Load that back foot and let it rip, big uh, big man. Let it rip, fella. And that's all he had to do. But you see him just kind of unnecessarily moving in the pocket, right? Moving out of the pocket, like sidestepping, shuffles, you know, shuffling his feet and, and backpedaling out to, to, to get into a free spot. So confidence wasn't always there for him in that regard. But I think this young man, it is it's uber talented, as we all know. So it was a tale of two tapes. North Carolina, he was really good. Tennessee, the numbers will tell you, because versus Tennessee, he was 30 of 55, 54.5% completion percentage, 320 yards, 5.8 yards per attempt, two interceptions, one big-time throw to two turnover-worthy plays, and I'm pretty sure those two turnover-worthy plays became turnovers, right? But again, he was pressured almost 30 times, 30 total times, uh, sacked four times. He was hit three times as he was throwing. So it was, it was a lot of – it was a mixed bag, and not just for K, but for the offensive line. So everything has to be work within unison and as a cohesive unit altogether. But again, I would say this – how does that shape up my watching him? How does that shape up my 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 feelings about him in 2023? I feel good. I feel good about him heading into the 2023 season as a starter. And I'm going to get into his fit as we get closer to, to the season um, in terms of how he fits 
Garrett Riley's kind of spread tempo offense and everything. This talented kid that plays with urgency and, and plays with quickness and speed. He can do a lot of different things for your team. And if you be creative, I think you have yourself a home run hitter at the quarterback position. But again, he's got to get those reps, guys. We're talking about getting those reps. Clemson's been getting them reps in, man, on the prowl, on the recruiting trip, on the recruiting trail. So we're going to get into Casey Pope, 2024 four-star interior offensive lineman, putting Clemson in his top uh, his final top schools. He's got his commitment date set. I'm going to tell you the date and talk about his game coming up next on the Locked On Clemson Podcast. On the prowl, we are on the prowl for more four-star recruits, baby. Four-star offensive line, interior offensive lineman. Casey Pope uh, has, has put Clemson inside his top schools, guys, and, and that's big time. That's big time. And not only is it there, they, they're a finalist in his top schools. He, he set his commitment date to Saturday. He announced that he will make his pick on Saturday, July the 12th. Okay? Saturday, July the 12th. So, oh, sorry, July the 12th. So you're, I'm checking to make sure that's a Saturday. Is it a Saturday? I'm not too sure. It might be. No, sorry. That's next Wednesday. <laughs> that's going to be next Wednesday. Sorry, guys. So he, he, he made his statement on Saturday, but July the 12th, Wednesday, July the 12th, he's going to make his, uh, his announcement in terms of what team uh, he's going to select to become a part of. And you look at the – he's got a host of suitors, right? Of course, your Clemson Tigers. He's got the Alabama Crimson Tide, Oklahoma Sooners. So you got former defensive coordinator, head you know, turn head coach, Brent Venables trying to snipe one from underneath the, the paw of the, of the Tiger. Right, so he's got Oklahoma, LSU, those other Tigers. Shout out to my boy Keith Sanchez, twenty nineteen LSU champion, coaching those Bengal Tigers, but they're not the Clemson Tigers. You know what I'm saying? But again, like the LSU Tigers, Texas Tech, Auburn, another Tiger, the Auburn Tigers. You know they're not, they don't have much of a growl right now. They don't, they, they don't, they're not prowling, they're not pouncing and prowling like we are, right? And then those Georgia Bulldogs. So you got a couple cats, you got the Bulldog, you got the Sooner, whatever that actually is. Uh, of, Raider, he's got a whole list of different things, and right now, um, both 247 Sports and one.com uh have projections based, and they believe that he's projected to go to Alabama. Um, he picked up his offer from Clemson in March, and his official visit, uh, for the you know to the school was set up in early June. This is a quote. Uh, from him, something that really stood out for me. If you're doing the official visits right, you want to find out if a school is being real or not, whether they're really showing their face when they recruit you, send you graphics. That's what you need to be looking for. Poe told, uh, he, he told TigerNet, you know, shout out to TigerNet, you know, a great, great resource for this podcast and for anybody that, that wants Tiger News. Uh, after, after his visit, um, I think. And he said, I think Clemson is exactly what people say it is, the reputation they have for having a great culture and a great personnel and staff and having a staff who really cares about their players instead of just kind of trying to pump out wins or the best players. They really care about the people. Of course, they still have a great culture. They're still grinding and trying to win a championship every single year. But I feel like it's exactly how it's portrayed in the media and on campus. He's a unanimous four-star prospect and rated as high as the one number 133 overall and the fifth best uh, recruit and prospect out of the uh, state of Texas. Now, one.com has a, a recruiting uh, profile form. They have the, the, the scouting report and they, from, you know, I can say six, I'll tell you six, four and a half, 285, right? Interior offensive lineman. 
And they said their report reads sudden and physically dominant interior offensive line prospect who won a state championship in the shot put as a sophomore through uh, 57 foot, four inches in the shot put and 129 uh, foot, four inches in the discus during his sophomore track and field season. Excellent hip flexibility and knee bend understands leverage and wins at the point of attack consistently violent in the run game and plays with tenacity, terrific build and weight distribution throughout his frame, lacks prototypical length to play on the outside, but has a foot speed and body control to play tackle in a pinch. Need to see him maintain his athleticism as he adds mass, has a chance to be the top interior offensive lineman in the country. Whew, that's high praise, guys. But I love reading that. You talk about the suddenness, the athleticism, the quick feet, the lateral agility, all those things. Now, yes, arm length can uh, limit where you, how how effective you can be as a prospect or as a player. Um, you know, when it pertains to the uh, what's what's it called? When it pertains to playing on playing tackle, right? Uh, looks like they have them. If I'm make sure I'm reading this correctly, uh, looks like they have a verified or, you know, they verified his, um, no. Okay. So he's, looks like he's at a 32 and the 32.8, 32 and the eighth on the arm in terms of his, his length, arm length and wingspan. Um, and if that's the case, that's not terrible, right? If he can grow, get another, half an inch to three quarters of an inch to a full inch, I think he'll be fine in terms of the thresholds for the NFL draft. And you will see, but if he's, if he, I always talk about it, guys, if you're going to have shorter arms, shorter than the, the, the threshold for a lot of teams, you got to be a, uh, an advanced timing and rhythm puncher with you, with your strikes, uh, with that jab, you know, your long arm, your jab, and then also keep that, that inside hand close, you know, close to yourself to protect the, in, the inside counters from those rushers that you can get that hand latch, get the outside hand, hand latch, and then run the feet, right? But I love everything I read about this young man uh, for, for, for Casey Pope. Casey Poe, sorry. I think I was saying Pope the whole time. Casey Poe. Uh, but, again, like, you know, he's got a lot of suitors. And if, again, that that, that – de- not debate, but that battle that a lot of fans have with kind of the Nick Saban and Dabble Sweeney, right? Dabble's, you know, I think his alma mater is Alabama. So it would be great if he could flip this kid or get this kid to commit to Clemson and, and pull one from underneath because Alabama does a great job churning out top-tier type of offensive linemen with his tackles or guards into the NFL, even some centers as well. So they, they do a great job of that. But Clemson, this, this young man can fit the scheme, whether it's a zone scheme, he has a, the, the lateral agility and foot quickness, uh, but even with the shorter arms, he plays with good enough power in the in the run game as well. Very talented kid. So I'm, you know, hopefully, again, twenty four seven sports and one dot com both have uh, Alabama as the favorite over Clemson uh, to to land Casey Poe. But let's hope. So you're telling me there's a chance? Yes, there's a chance for us to overtake those Crimson Tide. But you gotta finish the deal, man. And and and. and Clearly, by the from what he said, told Tiger Net sounds like his the priorities of his visit to to, to Clemson to Death Valley. Uh, they met the priority. They met they they met the standard. They met the challenge head on. and They did a good job. So we'll see how everything plays out for sure, guys. But I got my eyes on this young man, and, and I want to see what he's capable of, and, and see what 
see, I want him to be a, a Clemson Tiger, of course. So we got to continue to add those four, three and four star recruits to strengthen this class more and more and more, guys. So listen, I appreciate y'all tapping in with me as always. Go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever we listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it is available. Guys, thank y'all for making Locked On Clemson your first listen today and every day. Monday through Friday, whenever I drop these episodes, man, we're getting closer and closer to um, the college football season. And, and we'll, we got to get the fall camp first and everything. So, well, yeah, we're getting into that. So we're going to have a nice you – know, have a lot of fun. We're going to get more into more on the prowl, looking at some of these uh, these commits, some of the offers. And I'm going to find a, a lucky lucky uh, recruit to talk about, right? We get get our hands on and, and really get into, into this thing and have a discussion. So stay tuned for that, as well as kind of looking at – uh, just this roster in general, maybe check the tape a little more, right? Get our eyes on the league because training camp is coming along. So we're going to have a couple things to talk about for sure, for sure. But guys, as always, in terms of Twitter, you can find and follow me, Damian Parson at DP underscore NFL. Listen, talk to me because I talk back. All right. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for being my Clemson family, but also my everydayers. Okay. So as always, come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 